It's a great year to experience abundance in your life. And I don't, I don't know, I mean, some people may tell you that they don't, they don't want to abound, but they're lying. Like Paul said, I've been without and I've been with, and with is better. <laughs> but, but God was still God when there wasn't everything that he had before. Amen? In, in the prisons and the dungeons that he spent a lot of time in, in his captivity, God was still God. He was in the pit, same way he was in the palace. Amen? And that's the God that he knew. He said, he said, I found the key to any situation that I'm in. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Amen? So grateful for the revelation of the Word. So absolutely grateful for the revelation of God's Word in my life and in our lives. Amen? So, we've been talking since Word First. God gave me just one word back in October. I was praying one day, and I, and I, I got this word about this coming year, and it was the word complete. And since then, we've added to that, had several other words and, and definitions to the word, and, and brought some clarity to what we really mean by that, because, you know, you can say, okay, the, the word for this year is complete. Well, that can mean all kinds of things. So we've been explaining and defining that, leading up to Vision Sunday, as my wife said, next Sunday. And um, there, there's, something, there's something about, and, and, and it's, it, it's, it's a privilege that we have that I think we overlook a lot. But we're privileged to be able to see things from a finished work. And this doesn't make sense in the natural mind because, you know, everybody that's doing anything in the natural, if it's a, a job, a career, if it's something that they're building, that, that, it's not finished yet. But we're operating in a finished work. And actually, everything that we would ever need, everything that we would ever need to be who God created us to be, was already supplied actually before the foundation of the world. And that doesn't, that, that's difficult. Your, your mind goes tilt with, so how, how, could, how could God have a plan for my life eons of time before I was even created? I'm not sure, but it says he did. And we have to believe this book by faith. And if it says before the foundation of the world, everything was provided, then it was. So what our job is not to argue with that, but to figure out what that means for us. And learn to see not just through natural eyes, but through spiritual eyes that reveal to us what, we, what, what has already been finished so that we can be on the receiving end of what's already been finished. Not trying to make something happen in our own life. The worst thing that you and I can be caught doing is this. Trying to accomplish something on earth that is not the plan of God for our life and try to get God to bless it. It's no good. It won't work. It won't work. 
I mean, it may appear to work. You can work really hard and be energetic and, and be driven to accomplish something, but if it's not the plan of God, His blessing can't rest upon it. So we in our lives have got to learn how to hear the voice of God, as we've talked about many times, how to hear the voice of God and do the things that God says. And so today, leading up to next Sunday, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, each of the three parts of the vision that we've talked about since Word First. And, and, and really understanding vision, because I think there's been times as a leader, as a pastor, that I've just taken for granted that people understand what I'm talking about. And I've learned over the last few years that's the worst thing you can do. Sometimes you don't think you have to lay foundation for things. And, and so I've, I've gotten rid of that mindset and idea. And so when I teach the Word, I look out at people like you know absolutely nothing about what I'm talking about, and so we break it down. And, and, and we allow the revelation of the Word, the revelation, to come from within. Because Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church that the gates of hell would not prevail against. And that, that rock was the rock of revelation of God and His Word and who He is revealed in our hearts. It's one thing for your neighbor to know and have things revealed to them, but it's another thing for that revelation to work in your life, and it's so vitally important. Can you say amen to that? So, this morning, um, I want to I want to start in Habakkuk chapter two. We've read this. A number of times. And in the last few weeks, we've talked about what past vision that we've cast, especially in the last three years, how we've talked a lot about the great commandment and the great commission, loving God and loving people and making disciples, how vitally important it is, and that that's not just for one person to do, that's for everybody to live that life, learning to love God and people. And in the process of that, learning to understand how much that God loves you. You know, certain people, a lot of people don't think that God can use them where they're at. You know, you may, you, you may have a job where you don't think that you're called to ministry. Any job, anything that we do on planet Earth is called it is a portion of ministry because all of us are called as ministers to reconcile people to God. So I don't go to the places you go. You don't go where I go. So we need all of us having that same understanding of leading people to God. So we need to love people because we love God, but we need to love God because we know how much He loves us, right? And then we need to make disciples of that. We need to disciple people after God, not just after ourselves, but the God and the goodness of God that's on the inside of us. We need to disciple people that. And we've talked in the cast a lot of vision in the last few years for connect groups that we have in our body and connecting people in the form of relationship. People won't receive a lot of things from you if you don't develop relationship. The way that people can believe the things that you say is when they trust you. So relationship has to be developed. So we spent a lot of time on that over the last three years. And so this year, as God gave me this word complete, 
and we've, and we've defined it, and one of the words that completeness is defined as it, that, that we've used in the last few weeks is the word abundance, and having the revelation and the understanding of God so that, so that in the revelation that we have from God, we can operate in the abundant life that He created us to operate in. Amen? So in the Old Testament, in the book of Habakkuk, we read this the last couple of weeks, um, Habakkuk chapter 2, and verse 2. And it says, Then the Lord answered me, and He said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. And uh, next week we're going to talk about the two different tarries. Um, the vision tarries, but the vision doesn't tarry. And it looks like God's contradicting Himself there, but He's very clear at what He's saying, and we're going to define what that is as we finish and, and, uh, on Vision Sunday, Sunday morning and night, and talk about what and how important it is for you to understand and have vision. Now, as a leader, and you know, there's times when I tell you and, and reveal to you some of the mistakes that I've made, not very often because I've only made three, so, you know, I've only shared, you know, one or two of those, and so this is another one. But, but one of the things as a leader early on is that I had, I had an overwhelming feeling in my heart of making people understand what the vision was for this congregation. I had this, I mean, you know, I'd get just under pressure to make sure because of this verse of Scripture right here. And um, one year, we had a little threefold like we have out there, and in it, I put the vision. And uh, we did, and, and we finished it. I saw it the other day. I, I had pulled out a folder I had, and there was one of those in there. And I was looking back over it. And we worked and worked and worked, and it was real pretty, and it looked great. You know, we were going to hand it out to the people. And when I opened it up, I looked at it, and I thought, that's not the vision. <laughs> and I'd worked so hard to try to get the vision, and that, that's not, I, it, it didn't say it right. I mean, it was kind of the vision, but it wasn't the vision, you know? And so I worked real hard at it, and, and, and a lot of times that didn't come to pass because I was, I was negating something. It wasn't that I wasn't hearing God, but I wasn't listening to Him in how to implement that. And so, several years back when we started talking about the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, those were two things that God left us to understand. How to love people, how to love God, and how to make disciples. And, and so, I believe over the last few years, there's been some real effective vision laid in this body uh, along those lines. But one of the things that I think is lacking just across the land or the world or whatever, is, is an understanding of 
personal and corporate vision coming together. And I've said this twice, now and I'm going to say it to you again. That one of the things that I'm endeavoring to see manifested, and you know, I know there's, there are lots of people, there's a lot of connections I have with lots of people around the country and around the world. And um, I think that a lot of people understand um, what I'm fixing to say here. And whether people really implement this or not is something that is, it takes time and it's important to get this over to a place that there is understanding of both so that there's not a pressure on either side to make sure that people understand vision or a pressure on people's side to make sure that they're part of the vision. Okay, and, and, and I believe it can be accomplished this way. That when you as an individual realize that vision for your life is connected to something bigger than you are, if you begin to understand that, then you'll take the time to, to learn to process what that really means. And if the corporate congregation of people understand that if there's going to be corporate vision fulfilled, it's going to be fulfilled because individual people are fulfilling their personal visions. Because what, what good is it for the church to advance, but individuals aren't advancing? Individuals have to advance with their personal vision. So, so how do we find the two of those? And that's what next Sunday we're going to kind of bring to a conclusion. And I'm going to share with you some things I've, I really feel strong that God's given me to help you to understand vision. It's not, you're not under pressure to have a vision for the rest of your life. You're not under pressure to do that. And, and if you feel pressure, then you need to back up. Because pressure will never cause you to tap into the right understanding of God. Okay? In Proverbs, before I read this Habakkuk, look at Proverbs 29.18. Proverbs 29.18, and I'm going to read it in, um, in the Amplified. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. That's, that's probably the best definition of what vision is. Okay? A lot of people think that in a vision, and, and, and it should work towards this, but in a vision, you've got to have, you know, the next five things that you're going to accomplish in life. And if you don't have that, you don't have vision. No, 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 no. It doesn't start there. It starts with redemptive revelation from God about who we are and, and this completed work that we've been talking about and looking through things through finished eyes instead of one day when I get this finished. One day when I accomplish this. One day when I get to the end of it. No, no, no. no. We've, God's already accomplished everything. Now we need to see things through finished eyes. We need to understand from His perspective what we're to accomplish on planet Earth. And to do that, we've got to have this redemptive revelation. That's what vision is. He said, where there's no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. But where there is no redemptive revelation from God, people perish. They, there's no expectation. There's no hope when there's not redemptive revelation from God. 
And so I believe it's vital that in, in where we're going to and what we're leading and, and stepping into that we understand what redemptive revelation from God is. Now, in the Habakkuk verse, he said this, Write the vision and make it plain that he, that, that he may run who reads it. And I'll tell you this, I've, I've come to find out that most people personally, personally, have no vision. Most people in a personal way have no vision. And if you have no personal vision, you have nothing to read. Right? You have nothing to read and to go over, to talk about, to discuss. You're just existing. And that's where lots and lots of people are. They don't have an understanding for themselves. But where does it start? Okay? And we've talked about this for years. and all the years we've been here, we've talked about this. It starts first and foremost with sowing the Word. The Bible says the sower does first and foremost, he sows the Word. Redemptive revelation starts when on a daily basis, I convince myself through the things that I'm hearing myself say, or writing down, putting on little index cards, putting in my phone, putting in my car, putting everywhere I'm at, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Some of you in here today, those verses of Scripture are so, you've heard them so much in your life, to say something like that is almost generic. But whatever it is from His Word on a daily basis that you need to be saying, what that's producing because of what you're saying, what you're reading, what you're paying attention to, is causing this redemptive revelation to become real to you. Because if you don't allow the Word to be your seer, and the Holy Ghost to be the voice that you listen to, if you don't allow the Word to be the seer in your life, then what's going to happen is you're going to work personally to make things happen. And the harder you work without God's blessing on what you're doing, the more difficult that it gets. And listen, that's not that God doesn't want that. He's not mad at you if you've done that. He just wants you to back up and begin to spend some time structuring your world with what God's Word says so that the Word begins to be what you see through. So when you find yourself in a situation that you're supposed to be in, and maybe it's difficult, what do you need? You need redemptive revelation. And redemptive revelation says, when you're in a difficult situation, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if that's just some thought you have, or something you heard me preach, or you heard someone else say, or whatever, and that's not strong on the inside of you, then you have nothing to combat the difficulty of what we walk through. There's not anything in life that you face that's not going to be difficult at one time or another. And without redemptive revelation, vision is not being revealed to you about what the next step is. I was with a friend of mine not too long ago, and he, uh, he just doesn't understand the God thing. And, uh, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't 
desire God, but he just doesn't understand it. But every time I'm around him, he asks me all kinds of questions about God, you know. And so I just tell him. I just answer his questions. And he's at a place, he's got, he's very wealthy, got a lot of money and and things, and, and, I, and, and I asked him, you know, at the age he's at in his life, I said, so what, what, what's the next step? He said, there is nothing. I've already accomplished everything. And I, I thought to myself, his accomplishments are based on what he sees and what he's actually done in life. And he's been very, quote, successful in the form of business and money and those kind of things. But that... But there's nothing else. So, so what's the next step? If somebody was to ask me what the next step was, I'd give them one of two answers. I'd tell them what God had already shown me was the next step, or I'd say, you know what? I don't have the next step yet, but I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit will reveal to me what the next step is. But why can I say that? Because redemptive revelation is on the inside of me. Why? Because I've spent all my born-again life speaking and declaring and meditating and studying and praying in the Holy Ghost and developing this understanding of God that enables me to make decisions as I go. So I know if there's a next step. You know, a lot of times the Bible says that God is a, 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 a light to your feet it's a light and a lamp but it's a it's a light or a lamp to your feet it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path well the word of god is declared as a light so god will illuminate your feet to show you what the next steps are but he'll only light the path as far as you need to see because i'll tell you this god knows you and i better than we know ourselves and he knows if i if he lights the path from here to the to the booth back there, we could really screw some things up. See? And he knows that these steps need to be taken that are lit, and I need to learn everything I need to learn so when he lights the next part, I'm ready and prepared for the next part. And the next part. And the next part. So it doesn't matter if you don't know what the next step is as long as you're developing relationship with the Holy Ghost so that he will reveal to you what the next step is. See? So just get this. There is no retirement. Now, you can retire from a job or, or whatever you want to call it and have, you know, have a pension or have retirement and all that, and that's all great. But there's no retirement in God because what because when you get to the end of one thing, it's the, it's now time for the, the beginning of the next thing. And it doesn't matter how old you are. A friend of mine said, you know, I Retired and made these millions by the time I was 35 years old and, and, and retired. And the reason he doesn't have the next step is because he's been in retirement mode since he was 35. See, instead of, I completed this, but now what's the next step? And the only thing that will give you next step is redemptive revelation from God. And redemptive revelation from God comes from you spending time developing a real relationship and intimacy with God. Amen? So next week we're going to finish and talk about writing the vision. So this is what I want you to do. 
I'm going to give you homework for next Sunday. How many don't like homework? I don't either. But I'm giving you homework for next week. So, as much as you understand about writing something down for yourself, okay? As much as you understand that, I want you to write down what the vision is for your life. And then bring them, and I'm going to read every one of them. No, I'm not. No, just bring them, because we're just going to pray over them, okay, is what we're going to do. But next week, we're going to talk about how to develop the tablets that we write on. So your list may be in your phone or whatever, but, but for the sake of them being in a pile, bring a piece of paper with these things written on, because we're going to pray over them. But write down what your vision is for your life. And, and this is no test, so you, you can't fail at it. Just write it down. And next week we're going to talk about how, I'm going to give you three points about how to develop a personal vision. Everybody that is a team leader, everybody that leads a team of anything in the ministry here, I want you to bring vision for your team. Just write it down on a piece of paper and bring that, and it'll be a part of what we pray over. We're going to pray over that on Sunday night. So you'll have to come on Sunday night. You'll have to break out and make yourself show up. <clears throat> and so we're going to pray over those on Sunday night, but we're going to discuss about how to create vision for the future so that personal vision and corporate vision are moving like this. Not corporate vision leaving personal vision behind so that corporate gets fulfilled. Corporate is nothing more than personal all coming together. And, and if vision is not being fulfilled, okay, then the corporate vision is nothing. And this is a year of abundance. What does that mean? That means everybody in the overflow, everybody in the overflow of the things that they're doing. Just think about what you're doing. And think about what you're doing producing. And not just in the monetary way, but, but in a form of fulfillment. The worst thing that a person can do is work a job that they hate. Okay? And if you're there right now, okay, don't raise your hand and say, yeah, that's where I am. It, it doesn't matter. But if you're working a job that you don't like, okay, I promise you, that's not the, your end job. It's not your end job because if you cultivate faithfulness in God, God will put His desires in your heart and He will bring those things to pass. And I don't mean that, that, that you're not working a job at times that's difficult and challenging and there's issues and people and stuff that's going on. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about something that you just can't stand to get out of bed and go do. God didn't create you for that. Now, there are seasons I've had those because I was learning some things through that Okay, But that's not your invocation or whatever you're called to do. And I'm just telling you, whatever you're doing today, there may be two or three other things that you, you find yourself ending up doing in your life because if you learn to understand vision and how vision evolves, there's no end to what can happen in your life and what you can do and what you can be a part of in life. Amen? Because one of the things next week that we're going to talk about is how in your, uh, it, th this is 
absolutely my greatest desire. My greatest desire is not me seeing everything in my life fulfilled. My greatest desire is seeing your dreams and visions fulfilled. And I know that I know that I know, and you know this if you've been around here very long because of what I've shared, that for that to happen, it's not going to happen by you being a lone ranger. You can't do it on your own. See, we, we don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore. Now we know Jesus after the church, which is his body. The house of God in the New Testament now is the church, okay? And the church is his body. So we don't know Jesus as one man anymore. We know Jesus as one man through many parts. And if we don't understand the benefit, and I'm not just talking about in this place. I'm, you, know, you, you know, this is a local thing, and we've got to learn to function here, but we've got to function with the world. We've got to function with everything that goes on. We need to rejoice with everything that's going on and be a part of other things that are going on. I'm not talking about we can support and be a part of every little thing that's happening, but you can rejoice with what's going on because God is doing things all over planet Earth. You know? I got another statistic the other day that's it's up to 7,000 people a day around the world are being born again. That's up from 6,500. 7,000 people a day are being born again around the world. No matter what you hear, no matter what other religions or anything, we're not against anybody. Let them do whatever they want to do. But we're a part of seeing the world saved. God didn't desire for one person to be lost, but all to come to the saving knowledge and the understanding of God. Amen? And we're right in the middle of that. And to do that, to accomplish that, we have to understand vision. Amen? Now, I read this story about Moses last week, and I'm going to end with this today. I want to make a point. And in Acts chapter 7... It's the New Testament account of Moses' life and what he did and what his purpose and what his plan was. And I'm just going to, if you weren't here last week, you you just have to get it because I don't have time to go through the whole thing. But I just want to look at a couple of verses here. Um, But in in verse 23, it says of Acts chapter 7, Now when he, Moses, was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. It came into his heart to visit his brethren. What is that? It was vision from God. Vision came to him when he was 40 to visit his brethren. What does he do? And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed, and he struck down the Egyptian. Look at verse 25. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. He expected his brethren to understand that God was granting them deliverance by his hand, taking it for granted that they would accept him, but they didn't understand. Everybody say they didn't understand. Huh? Where there's redemptive revelation from God, where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. But those who have understanding, they prevail. Now, I told you last week, and we won't go into this, but we did the math to this. And at this point, when Moses was 40 years old, the children of Israel had been in bondage 
for 390 years right here. The dream that Abram had where God told him that the people would suffer, he said they would suffer for 400 years. When God says 400, he doesn't mean 410, 420, 430. He means 400. Moses gets the vision for the people when he's 40. And I told you last week, and we won't go into all that we talked about, but I told you this. God had a plan for Israel, but it was 10 years off. God had a plan for Israel, but it was 10 years off. Moses took it upon himself and the arm of the flesh to make this liberty of the children of Israel happen 10 years before it should have happened. And what happened as a result of that? Every time you try to take something that God brings to you and make it happen, it causes more wilderness time. So for 40 years from that point, Moses spent in the wilderness 30 years too long. And something happened, and when you read in Exodus 12, and we won't go there, we looked at it last week, but when you read in Exodus 12, it says, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they left unprepared. They left unprepared. And one thing about vision that you have to understand is that God will speak something and the vision will tarry, and we'll talk about it next week, but the vision won't tarry forever. The vision will tarry for however long it takes for you and I to learn how to hear what's right and do what he says. So Moses' action prolonged the will of God 30 years. Because the Bible says in Exodus 12, they had been 430 years in bondage. When the dream said it was only supposed to be 400. And wherever you're at today, the, the good thing about that, you can say, oh my gosh, what, how long is something going to take me? It doesn't have to take you any time. The only time it needs to take you and I is the time that God says. And I can tell you personally that there have been things in my own personal life that have been pushed back because I reverted to the arm of the flesh. But today, I don't want any more flesh. I haven't wanted flesh for a long time. I'm not going to have flesh. I'm going to have the will of God. And you know what I think God wanted to do with Moses? He brought the vision to his heart, and then God wanted to do something in Moses that helped prepare and train the people to leave. Now, I can't prove this, and I've got other Bible scholars sitting in here today that might disagree with me on that. But I'm going to tell you this. I think that all the people that died, or, 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 I say I think I've had this thought. I'll say it like this. I think that all of the children of Israel, 20 years old and above, that died in the wilderness, possibly wouldn't have died 
had Moses not tried to take it in his own hands. And you know what the moral of that story is? Your life is not just about you. Your life is about a whole lot of other people. And I can tell you today, as a leader, the Bible says don't many of you desire to be leaders because there's great expectation and responsibility with it. Because I know personally, I don't know everything, but I know a few things of some decisions that I've made in life that affected other people in a negative way, that prolonged other people's destinies or created offenses. I know that there are things that I've done. And, and there's nothing that is more difficult for me to make sure that I don't let affect my life than that, is realizing that somebody that maybe got offended with me or did something, that I played a part in that because of decisions that I made because I didn't have understanding. All I'm trying to say to you today is this. If you'll spend more time understanding what the will of God is for your life, what the vision and the plan that God had for you before you were even thought about, if you'll spend more time developing that, you'll spend less time wasting time doing things that are unproductive. That's the moral of the story. And I believe that, I told my wife this not, you know, a while back, several years ago, whatever it was, I told her that I believed that, I mean, I've had this thing on me for a long time what I'm sharing with you today and what we're going to share next Sunday. But I believe that the baton God passed to me several years back was, I want you to finish your life making sure that people understand this. They understand that what they're living in is a finished work. And that so many things can be finished if we're willing to be what? Patient. See, patience is not unproductive. Patience is a waiting on the right timing and doing and being a doer in your life of things that need to be developed, the character part of your life. When that's developed and you're ready to handle it, then it's not whatever comes your way when there's increase or abundance or blessing on your life, it's not going to destroy your life because the character's been developed. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God and I tell you I, I am really excited about God's promises being fulfilled in your life and next Sunday what we share and what we talk about I have a real expectation that you're going to be able to grab that and grab a hold of it some of you understand this some of you, maybe it's totally foreign what I'm saying. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But you're going to be able to grab it where you're at and take it to another level and another place in your life. Because it is vital that we don't exist on planet Earth with no understanding and no revelation and no vision. Because it's not just about what you fulfill. You understand? This isn't, this isn't about you winning American Idol. See, because there's only one winner. See, this is about world idol. It's about all of us winning. You know, all of us advancing. And the best way up is down. <laughs> and, and that's not real popular. <laughs> 
What do you mean down? I don't want to go down. I want to go up. I gotta... But the best way is to back up and back off and listen so that as you go down, you come up effectively. How does, this, how, do, how, does, how does the seed of something, how does it produce? It's in, let's say you go buy a little bag of seeds and the seed's in the bag and it's up, on, up high on the shelf. Where does the seed have to go? In your mouth? No, it's not going to produce anything. Seed's got to come off the shelf, down into the ground, and under the ground where it can't even be seen. And what does it do? It goes in there and it dies. And then what does it do? And then it arises. And that's what has to happen with us. We've got to come down. Things that are going to be, that are going to be, they're going to be ineffective for the plan of God for your life in the future have got to die so that when you arise, you arise in strength and in confidence and assurance of the things that God has said to you so that you can fulfill things and people look at you and say, wow, what it is about that? What is it about those people? You know, it's not, that, it's not that they're flawless, that they've never made mistakes. It's that they've arisen from their mistakes, you know, and accomplished what God created them to. And with vision, wow, there's no end to it. Amen?